This is a Soulfire production. Well, hello, everybody. Did not expect you back on air again this soon, but as I was sitting down watching the live stream of Congress doing what Congress is supposed to be doing right now and certifying election results and debating some election results and just wanted to see what Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and all those guys that were going to, uh, you know, create a debate on the election results, I was really anxious to see what they were going to do and what the, what was going to be said. And I wanted to, as I've said many times in this show, I, I don't want an illegitimate, Ill, illegitimate president more than anybody else. So if there is adequate election fraud, I'd love to see it. And I'm, I was excited to see these debates, but they we didn't get there. We did not get there because of what everybody knows by now. Um, the White House was stormed in some kind of attempted insurrection act and what some people are calling a failed coup attempt. Now, if you don't know what a coup is, and this is what the whole show is, by the way, we're not even, we're not going into something to think about or any of that shit. We're just going to break down. I want to give you my thoughts on what happened, um, from what I've seen, what I understand. And we're just, we're just discussing that event, uh, and what has happened afterwards today. We're not going into, uh, the normal show. This is kind of, I guess you can call it a, uh, a special broadcast, special episode, bonus episode, but we had a group of MAGA supporters, um, and I would say, like, it's hard to call them conservatives. That's not what this was. This was kind of a QAnon invasion, um, an Infowars invasion as well. Alex Jones played a part in this. Um, it, this has been one of the weirdest and hardest things to see in my lifetime. This is this was complete chaos. We But we've had kind of appetizers to this put out in front of us. Um, over the last year, right, whether it be Michigan or Oregon, um, we're in this really situ- silly situation here, right, where Portland has had an autonomous zone, Michigan, they did, you know, armed militias kind of took over the state house. It's been really, it shouldn't be a surprise. And a few of us have called this, although I don't think I expected it in this way. Now, let me just give you kind of the rundown from what I see at a very surface level, and then we'll get into some deeper things um, and some more commentary for some, for some other, from some other people. What we had was a Trump Stop the Steal rally that was happening in D.C. Trump didn't plan the rally, but he was going to attend and speak at the rally. A handful of other people had, had put that rally together. So you have tens of thousands, some people say hundreds of thousands, some people say a million people, right? But at least tens of thousands of people on the front lawn of the Capitol while the certification of the Electoral College votes is done by Congress, right? So you have an opportunity within that process to object, and each objection results in a two-hour debate over the results of that election, so or that state's results. So that was going to end up being like a 12-hour long debate, what happened was there's a few things that Trump said, and we're going to play them on here that got his base riled up. And I want to do one thing in in the in the sake of Iron Manning or empathizing with the people that did storm the state house, which is hard to do. But like I say on this show, you got to try and understand where Hitler was coming from, even though 
you know, you don't need to give the guy any credit and you don't need to be soft on his actions, but it is a, it is a nice practice to try and put yourself in the situation of the people who followed some kind of authoritarian leader. Stalin is another good example. Mao, like understanding these people that were, that created genocide, but understanding what the people that followed them, why they were able to do the things they were, why they were even capable of doing the, the egregious things they were able to do. It's it's a it's an interesting kind of thought experiment to go down. It's not fun, but it's an important thing to face. So, of course, these people weren't necessarily Nazis, even though there were a handful of neo Nazis there. But we try and put ourselves in the position um, as a thought experiment of what why they would what could justify those actions. Right, the right will say it was Antifa and they were the instigators and everybody was just following them. Even if that was the case, which it, I'm sure it is not, that doesn't excuse the actions of these Trump supporters. So these people actually actually believe and believe it with all of their hearts, it seems, that the election was stolen, it was rigged, and that not only is Biden not who they want to be president, that he is the end of democracy, he is the end of capitalism, he is the end of anything that they pretend to love, right? Religious freedom, um, men and women, like all of these things. And there are some somewhat valid assessments of that situation on their side and, and I get it. Uh, but there's a much better way to handle that than there is than storming the state house. I will say this. I'm glad that their anchor was focused in the right direction, right? I don't understand uh, the means don't really, the ends don't really justify the means, but it's like, at least they weren't burning down buildings, right? That's not really saying much. That's not giving them that much credit, but at least they weren't hurting small businesses and burning down apartment buildings. Okay. Cause we've seen a lot of that shit this year as well at least their anger is focused at the federal government and not one another necessarily. So that's a benefit I would say. And everything that they, all the harm they did cause can be undone aside from the four people that are dead. I don't know what else they thought was happened. I'm surprised only four people died to be completely honest with you. Like we were close to a situation where there was dead bodies laying on the fucking Capitol lawn. Like this is, it could have gotten, it could have gone there. So, and as you probably noticed, I'm just kind of winging this one. This is this is such a hard time for all of us, and I'm looking at this and trying to trying to understand it as best I can with whatever tools that I have. But these people stormed the Capitol. Um, all the congressmen and women and all their staff had to hunker down, kind of protect themselves. And I'm sure they were scared for their lives. It makes sense. They were scared for their lives. Of course they were. And then. I slowly dissolved. I mean, I don't, there wasn't any kind of, uh, there wasn't any kind of show of force. You're going to hear people saying they just let them in. I don't know. They had that many choices, right? You had these situations where you had five, five Capitol police officers by a gate or by a little fence. And there was hundreds of people like, what are they, they can't just shoot everybody or arrest everybody. I heard that today too. Someone's like, they should have arrested everyone. I'm like, you can't arrest 30,000 people. Like that's, that's a mob. You can't do that. Um, you can try, but it won't go well and it's going to end super poorly. So there people are trying to like mitigate this as best they can. I'm sure the officers that were in the building were also terrified. Obviously, if you're going to shoot someone who's busting through a window, you're probably pretty scared. And I understand that that woman did not deserve to die, but neither did George Floyd, neither do all these other people that, you know, get caught in the crossfire here and is this collateral damage of our law enforcement system. So there's not really a whole lot of ground for them to stand on when it comes to her death, which is kind of sad. Um, and the other three people that died as well, which I'm really unclear on how that even happened, whether they were trampled or 
what had gone on. So really dark day in American history. And I want to start off just by a few things that I felt like there was already, this was a tinderbox, this whole situation, all these people on the front line of the Capitol, it was a tinderbox. Okay. And with that being said, it's been really easy to see how this happened. This was somewhat predictable. As I've said, like I've had conversations around this thing with multiple people, like this could happen, this could happen. But then you have Rudy Giuliani and Trump kind of stoking the fire here. And then as soon as, as soon as um, it happens, everybody who had kind of poked the fucking hornet's nest here walked it back and was like, we don't condone this, we don't condone this. It's like, Charlie Kirk, you were a fucking part of this. Like you were a part of this. You're a Trump dick writer. Your whole entire career bases on you just riding this guy's coattails. So it's like, of course, you, you don't disagree with him ever, not once. I've never heard it. Never heard you disagree with a guy, which means you don't think for yourself. And we're in this situation that those people, all those little cronies around around Trump kind of, you know, tooting his horn along with the Republicans losing in the Georgia in the Georgia Senate uh, runoff elections. A lot of things coming down the pipe and then you have something like this. So we're going to pull up this video. It's just a quick video of of Rudy Giuliani at at this speech. Now, he gave a speech before Trump went on. So we've got Rudy here. Let's hear what Rudy has to say. And I want to hear what you have to think about it as well. So let's have trial by combat. One more time. So let's have trial by combat. So we've got this fucking doofus coming out and yelling at tens of thousands of people on the front lawn of the Capitol saying, let's have trial by combat. And then we get into, and then we get into Trump's statements here. Let's see if I can find them here. Let's play. Just, this is just a one minute clip. I listened to this whole speech um, as I was going through my day yesterday. And here's what we got. We're going to have to fight much harder. And Mike Pence is going to have to come through for us. And if he doesn't, that will be a, a sad day for our country because you're sworn to uphold our Constitution. Now it is up to Congress to confront this egregious assault on our democracy. And after this, we're going to walk down, and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down. We're going to walk down. Anyone you want, but I think right here, we're going to walk down to the Capitol. And we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. And we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them. So there's that. Now, what resulted of that, as I've, I've kind of referred to it as a coup, let's just go ahead to the definition of what a coup is. Um, a sudden, decisive exercise of force in politics, especially the violent overthrow or alteration of existing government by a small group. So this may have been a coup. This may not have been a coup. I, it seems that way. If Trump had the military on his side, this would have been a successful coup, right? This would have been what triggered a successful coup. He doesn't have the military on his side. Uh, shouts to the military for not jumping on the bandwagon with this year, but that was the direction this was headed. And 
this is dangerous, right? A sudden decisive exercise of force in politics. That's what this was. It wasn't super effective. I wouldn't necessarily call it failed. And I don't know what Trump thinks about this. Like, what is Trump thinking today about all of this? Like, where are we at right now with him? What is what is his thought here? What is he trying to do with himself? Is he ashamed of himself? Is he going to come out and say something? I mean, he's, he said a few things, but we're going to get into my kind of final thoughts on this, but I want to keep running through some different things here. So we do have some people, Ilan, Ilan Omar, which is, this is pretty predictable, articles of impeachment for uh, for introduction. So proud of everyone co-leading this effort with me. We need to move quickly to remove this president from office. We got 13 days left. Like, I don't think, I don't see this going anywhere. And we've also heard a lot of things about uh, the 25th Amendment. I think Nancy Pelosi was talking about that as well. This 25th Amendment means that it would take the majority of his cabinet to then come out, speak up, and vote to have him removed from office because he's not uh, mentally or physically capable of holding the office. That's unlikely as well. It, it, it's symbolic at best to show kind of consequences for these kind of actions in a president. But it's hard whenever you see something like this happen, right? When you see this, is, these are his people right here. Just, just hear me out. This is inside. This is inside of the Capitol. These are people that are yelling at the Capitol Police, kind of SWAT team. Oh, go. That's loud. Hey, Sorry. Don't, don't sub me, bro. No, don't sub me. Cool. You're not allowed to sub me. Hey, yeah, you're cool. Go. Dude, don't go. go. I'm going. Stop shoving me. No, you got a fucking problem. You're a fucking oathbreaker, you piece of shit. Fuck you. Shit. You broke your oath to the Constitution. Fuck you. Fucking shoving me and shit for no reason. What the fuck? For no reason? He called a police officer an oath-breaking piece of shit motherfucker. Okay? And when you see that, those are the kind of people, those are the kind of people that Trump has around. Those are the kind of people that stormed the Capitol yesterday. This is hard, really hard to take. But we've seen this over and over. This was predictable, as I said. And there's just, it's just a show of either complete incompetence or just complete irresponsibility to gather that kind of crowd outside of a place where Congress convenes to, to really to do their job, right, to confirm the votes. Now, we're going to keep moving here, and I really appreciate um, what Ben Shapiro, and Ben Shapiro's kind of been, to be fully transparent here, Ben Shapiro's kind of been my go-to during all this legal battle, right? Because he is a conservative, so I'm going to get the conservative viewpoint, of course, but he's also got a law degree uh, and is really keen to this kind of stuff. So let's hear what Shapiro has to say about this. It's about a five-minute long video, but I think it's really well put together. Oh, we got to mute it here. There we go. Yesterday was one of the, was, no, bar none, not one of the, the most horrifying thing that I have seen in American politics in my lifetime. It was absolutely horrific on every possible level. And we're going to go through today the entire the entire string of events. We're going to go through the reaction to the events, which also has been quite terrible. So I guess the, the synopsis of today's show is that everything is terrible. That's, that, that's the synopsis. But what we saw yesterday is inexcusable, unjustifiable, awful on every level, disgusting on every level. Just terrible. Terrible. When you have rioters taking over the U.S. Capitol building, the seat of American democracy, and when you have those rioters saying that they are doing so in the name of the president of the United States, and when you have them doing that to the legislative branch of the government, and when you have those people, they, they, they are rioters. They are not protesters, okay? As soon as you commit an act of vandalism or violence, you are no longer in the category of protester. You are now a rioter. And unlike some folks who have justified riots 
based on the perspective of the rioters. If you're a criminal, you're a criminal and you should go to jail. You should go to jail. And this was an attempted act of insurrection. I mean, technically speaking, that's what it was, considering that the reason that this happened is because Congress was simply there doing their constitutional duty and tabulating the state-certified electoral count. It is an evil act to invade the seat of government and do violence to people. It turns out we now have over a dozen police officers who are injured. There are four people who are dead. One person was shot. Three people died in medical emergencies yesterday. President Trump gave a speech to a very, very large march, tens of thousands of people gathering in Washington, D.C., to what they call Stop the Steal. Here was President Trump yesterday saying he would never concede under any circumstances. All of us here today do not want to see our election victory stolen by emboldened radical left Democrats, which is what they're doing, and stolen by the fake news media. That's what they've done and what they're doing. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. So I have a very strict standard. You can go back in time. You can look at how I've applied the standard. Okay, it's a very, very strict standard when it comes to saying that someone is directly responsible for violence done by another adult human being. And that is, if you didn't tell somebody to do the violence, you're not technically responsible for the violence, right? I said this about Barack Obama. When, when a Black Lives Matter supporter shot six police officers in Dallas after months of Obama suggesting that the police were systemically racist, I said that is not on Barack Obama. Barack Obama is responsible for raising the temperature to the point where people do bad things. That he is responsible for. He is not responsible for the actual shooting. I said the same thing about Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders claimed for months, for years on end, that Republicans were killing old people and that Republicans were attempting to have people die for lack of health care. And then a Bernie Sanders supporter went and shot a bunch of Congress people, including Steve Scalise, who almost died. I did not say that Bernie Sanders was responsible for that because Bernie Sanders was not responsible for that. Bernie Sanders did not tell the guy to go shoot members of Congress. I have a very strict standard, and I have applied it on every single side of this particular issue. With that said, when you raise the temperature, when you keep raising the temperature, when you keep boiling the pot, then eventually it's going to bubble over. And when you keep saying over and over that the election is stolen and that we and he makes big statements, we are not going to stand for it. We're not going to let this happen in our country. Right? When you suggest that members of Congress are acting treasonously, I mean, it is it is an accusation, essentially, of acting seditiously. If you know that the election was stolen and you vote for it anyway, then it is not entirely unpredictable that people are going to act out in this way. Exactly. Exactly. I love that he had, how he had, how he articulated that. And this is one of the reasons I really go to Ben Shapiro for a lot of this kind of stuff, just to hear what he has to say from his perspective when he's been in this game for a long time, but also incredibly rational to a fault. He's rational to a fault. And this is right. Like you have to take, know how to take some kind of responsibility for knowing this kind of thing could happen. As a leader. Now, if you're not a leader, then don't pretend to be a leader. Then you can just do whatever, right? Then you're just an influencer, which is fine. But if you pretend to be a leader, there's a level of responsibility that comes with that. Let's continue. The solution to all of this was, is, will continue to be the rebuilding of the social fabric. That has always meant the same thing. It has always meant the same thing. You condemn in the strongest possible terms actual violations of law. You condemn riots, no matter if you agree with the cause people are rioting for or yes. you don't. You condemn rioting. You condemn violence. You say that it's disgusting because it is disgusting. You provide solidarity for people who are exercising their rights, but no solidarity for people who are violating the rights of others and violating the law. This is so not hard. And yet all the political incentives are aligned in precisely the opposite direction. There are a lot of people who make bank off of telling you that things that are bad are good. There are a lot of people out there who make bank telling you that all of the people who you dislike politically, they're actually on the side of the devil. 
Yep. Right? That they are morally evil. And that all the people who you like politically are actually on the side of the angels, no matter how bad they actually are. That has to stop. Look at your friends. Look at your neighbors. Look at your social groups. Realize that all of them, if they are good people, look at what happened yesterday with horror and shock. And that if we're all Americans, at least that much we should agree upon, and it doesn't matter if we're talking about violence done at the Capitol building or violence done in Kenosha, this kind of activity cannot go on in the United States of America. Yesterday was an egregious symbol of the state to which our, our republic has sunk. We need to pick ourselves up. Remember that we are still members of the same country. Look to the Constitution as our guide. Follow the law and recognize that we are still citizens of the greatest republic in the history of the world. Yeah, so that's Ben Shapiro. And he's been very consistent. You've got to say he's been very consistent. And I, I think I missed some of this early on in the Antifa, Black Lives Matter, that whole all those protests uh, and the buildings that were burned down. It was a little bit of that that I justified, quickly changed my tune because it got out of hand. And there is something to be said for a lot of the conservatives that are coming out and saying this is fucked, essentially, right, in their own political speech. Um, but if you even look at the first two comments that come up on this video, it's, I can't believe you thought this was worse than the Black Lives Matter riots. And then somebody else says, I love you normally, Ben, but you're wrong on this one. That's where a lot of people live, right? Because that's where our, that's where our conversation has brought people this time around, right? Recently, I mean, it's been a lot of things leading up to this. It's kind of perfect storm here, but that's where people are at. And, and I want to look at this, and I've had this conversation, this kind of debate with a couple of friends today about this kind of scorekeeping it. Well, this is worse than, this isn't worse than the, what the Black Lives Matter rioters did. Okay, and you're probably right. There was less property damage. There were less people hurt. There was less violence. There was less, there was less of a lot of things. And it still doesn't make it right. It wasn't right then. It's not right now. That's the thing I like this, that when Ben has an opportunity here to be consistent, he's consistent. So I've got to give the dude credit for that. And, and looking at this and this, this scorekeeping match of, well, this isn't as bad. Or, or oh, if, and this is from the left, right? Well, if it was black people that were storming the White House, everybody would be, would be shot. They would have National Guard. And it's like, maybe. Yeah, maybe you're right. And maybe if the National Guard was there, a lot of people would be dead. And that wouldn't be good either. Right, so this is a really complex issue, and kind of went off talking about it yesterday. But we've got to we've got to really understand that we're being used against each other, right? This is this 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 and the Black Lives Matter riots as well are both products of the same cognitive process. We are being used against each other. That's where we're at. Don't take the bait. Right when somebody says, "Oh, well, this was what the the, the White House looked like whenever uh, the Black Lives Matter protesters were there." Yeah, because the president of the fucking United States had picked a side, which was one of his big errors that a lot of us criticized him for, right, and called him out on. And he's the one that ordered the National Guard to stand like that at the Capitol, even though this probably wouldn't have happened at a Black Lives Matter protest. He pulled that trigger, and he chose not to pull that trigger at his own event. That makes sense, right? Is anybody surprised by that? I don't think so. That's his decision. There we are. Now, I kind of want to wrap this thing up because it's just kind of a quick episode just sharing some thoughts here, but I want to get into what this means going forward, right? So there is some good that will come of this. One thing is, this is what Trump will now be remembered for, 
right? And this is why a lot of people from the right, even Alex Jones, who said some pretty crazy, ridiculous shit today, even though I do appreciate what he has to say oftentimes, like this, he, he's, he's off on this. This is Trump's legacy now. Okay, so there was a lot of people thinking about him running again in four years, Ivanka running, Don Jr. running. This is his legacy now. This is what people will remember him for. This is the end of his presidency. This is how he went out. This is fucking awful. Okay, so the idea of him running again or any of his family family members running in four years, unlikely for them to succeed in that because of this, right? So all these people who thought they were doing doing something in show of support the best thing they could have done was wait another four years, but they don't think another four years is going to happen, right? They think it's just going to be it's going to be socialism and it's going to be too late, right? So that's that's their the paradigm they're working from. So if you believe that, then it makes total sense why they did what they did. But the best thing they could have done for their movement, their ideology, right? Which it is now an ideology. It's bigger than Trump now. It's bigger than him as a person. It is now like this MAGA ideology. That will live on forever in the same way that many ideologies linger on, okay? So we have this ideology here, and they didn't serve it well with their actions, and they just definitely put, it in, put Trump in a situation where it's incredibly unlikely that him or anybody with the last name of Trump will be all that relevant in mainstream politics going forward. Now they'll have their TV shows and whatever they want to do. They're going to grift this up as much as they can. That's the Trump way. So when we look at all of this, we also have to keep in mind there were 13 senators that were going to speak up on behalf of Trump for the election fraud case and debate that. That whole list of people is going to be up for re-election in the next year or two. So with that being said, they're going to have to face this as well. So anybody who was, who was pandering to this or trying to say, hey, we want to take on, we want, we want to stand with Trump on this so that we can get access to his base when we need to be re-elected, which being re-elected is of much higher priority to these people than serving their constituents. All of those people now have to face an onslaught of ads showing their support of the Stop the Steal movement in every election that they're now a part of. So you be, be prepared to see Ted Cruz maybe even get primaried by a better Republican in Texas. I would love to see whoever that person is out there right now. I hope you're getting ready. Because Texas is a Republican state, believe it or not, even though they have some blue pockets in Austin and Houston and Dallas and Fort Worth and San Antonio, it's a red state, okay? Ted Cruz got pretty close to losing the last time around. He's got to do this again, and he will be hammered by ads. The fact that he anybody of, the, of those crew that wants to run for president now has to face this show of force from the people they were pandering to. So overall, you can see the people that lacked integrity will be punished for this down the road. It's the, the effects of this will last much longer than the actual event itself did. And we've got to keep that in mind as well. So with all of that being said... I think that the long-term effects of this will actually be good in suppressing that ideology. But the sad thing is, and this thing, the thing that kind of hurts, right, is that Trump ran as a fake populist, right? He, he used populist uh, rhetoric to rally a base on this. Uh, even they didn't know it at the time, or they th may have thought it was conservatism or whatever they thought, but it was populism that what people were attracted to with him. He ran on that. He won on that. He didn't deliver on that, so he lost, Right, that if you want to break it down as simple as possible, there were other factors there, of course, but populism was his bread and butter. And populism is where most people now 
we're craving that type of ideology to to rise back up again. It's been called in populism. Oftentimes, on the, if you're on the left or the right, it's called racist. It's the establishment hammers populism because it's it's a big threat to the power structure that they have in place. I don't want to see this suppress populism on the right, and I don't want to see this suppress populism on the left, right? But there's going to be a, a house cleaning that happens in the next series of elections that we go through that will be influenced by what happened here today, or this week, excuse me, what happened yesterday. And that may be a good thing in the future, right? It's going to give us an opportunity to do what we should have been doing all along, which is being highly critical of the hypocrisy within our representatives. And now that it's bold in our face, we can do something with that. So that's that. Here we are. Crazy times. Dark day in our history, but I wanted to jump in here and just share some thoughts with y'all. I'm sure we'll keep talking about this as time goes on. Make sure if you want to get on that bonus episode and ask any questions you want for the show, check out the Patreon. Link is in the show notes of this show. I appreciate the hell out of you guys. Keep your head on straight, and we'll see you next time.